Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. I, I just believe that when the world and things seem at its darkest, God works His best works. And we've got Bible for that because in the New Testament, the things that the early church faced, they thrived in spite of oppression. They thrived in spite of all of the things that the enemy tried to do to stop the birth of the early church. And I just feel in the Holy Ghost tonight that there's going to be something that shifts here in the life church tonight when God's all said and done with this service tonight. So for just let's just lift our hands right now where we're sitting right now and let's just pray that God would do what only he can do in this room right now and in this city and in our state and in our world right now. Lord, we come before you as the mighty God that you are. We sang about it, God, that you are the provider. You are our defender, oh God. And right now we're coming before you, God, as the life church, God, that's expecting you to do something miraculous here in Kansas City, oh God. God, we're praying over our city right now that there would be no harm in our schools, that there would be no harm in our workplaces, God, in our and where we frequent, God. I pray right now that the angel of the Lord would be with us, God, where we go, oh Lord. Right now, God, we pray blessings upon our city, God. We pray blessings upon our jobs, oh God. Lord, right now, we pray that you would do what only you can do, oh God. In our world, God, that seems dark, but we know that when there is evil, there is God that is able to step in and to bring light because where sin abounded, grace did much more abound, oh God. And Lord, right now, we speak in faith, God, that you are going to do incredible things in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray. And if you have your Bibles tonight, the book of Acts chapter number 16, and I... Last Wednesday evening, Pastor Justin brought an incredible word to our church, a a prophetic word to our church. And if you have not watched it, go back and watch it because it is, um, we are in the last days. But God is up to something and God is going to do something supernatural. Acts chapter number 16, verse number 16, a very familiar passage for those of you that have read the book of Acts. And if you have not, this is an incredible story. And what happens is, is that Paul has a vision that he needs to go to Damascus and they get there and there is Lydia who is saved in her household. But what happens next is Acts 16 and 16, it states, Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And she did this for many days. But Paul, and I love the word that is used in here, it is grieved. But that word can mean, it can mean grieved, annoyed, or in tumultuous times. Turn and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. For the next few moments, I want to talk to you about shifting the atmosphere. 
shifting the atmosphere. And I believe it's already been said, and I've said it, that our world is in the middle of a cataclysmic shift right now. It feels as if we're in the book or in the movie where the good team or the action hero is down to their last hope, and if this last thing doesn't work out, well, the book or the movie will be over. And I love when Pastor gives us a good Louis L'Amour reference and we can go through and he says that he's read the back of the book and he knows that we win. But I feel in the Holy Ghost tonight a gentle reminder to tell the Life Church tonight that maybe we need to pick up the back of the book one more time. Maybe it might be time to look at the back of the book and see what really happens because in the end we win. If we have repented of our sins and been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, let me just tell you, we win. The world has painted a bleak narrative, if you will, and the enemy has tried to convince the church that he has shifted the atmosphere so far away that there is no way that the church can come back or that the church can thrive in these last days. But as Pastor Justin preached last Wednesday, last Wednesday night, there will be a pouring out of his spirit. There will be an incredible move of God in these last days, in these last times. And I am here to remind somebody tonight that the good news is that we win. The enemy has not won. He may have won a battle, but he will not win the war. You may feel defeated. You may feel like there is no hope, but I have come to tell somebody tonight in the Holy Ghost that there is hope, there is peace, that there is victory that you can live in and that you can walk in with the power of God. The world feels as if it's putting pressure on the church and we feel it when we turn the news on and we see situations that happened yesterday and we see things that are going on all around our world and the enemy has convinced us that it is time to throw in the tower, it's time to lie down because there is no way that you can have victory in your family, there's no way that you can have victory in your house, there's no way that you can have victory at your job, there's no way that you will see those lost sons and daughters brought back to the fold but I've come to tell somebody tonight that it is time to shift the atmosphere. It is time to stand on the word of God and the promises of God because they are yea and amen and God is reaching for somebody tonight to let you know that even though the world is dark, even though that the world is bleak, that we have the power inside of us to begin to shift the atmosphere in our world. We are bound by battles that we've lost and we can't seem to get sustainable victory. And we create atmospheres where we want God to move and he does in church and we feel great. But then we go home and our lives are in chaos. They are in tatters. Our family is being pulled apart at the seams and we cannot find the peace that we feel in the house of God. We can't feel God We don't have encounters with God except in the building. And listen, you've got to have spiritual discipline in your life, and that's not what I'm talking about. I'm believing that most of us know we need to be praying, we need to be reading the Word, we need to be fasting. But I want to take it to the next step, that when you have an atmosphere in your life where it doesn't feel like you can get sustainable victory, that I want to encourage somebody tonight that you can live in victory. Our atmosphere in our world seems upside down. And I don't know about you, but personally, I'm sick and tired of this idea that we have to take exactly what the world is giving us because it's what culture says, it's what everybody is dictating, and I'm not okay with that anymore. I'm willing to stand on the promises of the Word of God that it says, in the last days, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. 
And I don't know about you, but I want to see the atmosphere shifted. In our text chapter, we read this familiar story of Paul and Silas are here, and they've seen and they've come, and they've seen Lydia and her family receive the gospel. But next thing they know is that we get to this experience and we want to see God move and they're believing God for great things. And then all of a sudden after they leave there, this lady follows them for days. This lady who was possessed with the spirit of divination, who was a slave. And if you've done research and you can do your research on this this particular narrative that the God that she worshipped, they would take young slave women and they would turn them into royalty, essentially, as they were possessed and what they would do in these things. And so these women would walk around and they would act as if they were royalty. However, they were still slaves and still had a master that they had to return the prophet to. And here she is walking around proclaiming that Paul and Silas, these are great men. They are telling you about a way. They are telling you of who, what you should do and all of these things. And I I believe in my mind, again, I've shared this with you, I believe that sometimes I put myself in these stories. And I'm picturing Paul, having heard this for days now, Pastor. He's heard this woman, she's followed them around. And in my mind, I picture someone like Pastor standing up here and there's somebody following him around that's annoyed him now for days. And I can't imagine Pastor turning around like Paul did, being greatly annoyed. I, I, I can't imagine that. Imagine Brother Stone King, if you will, being greatly annoyed, saying, my girl, get away from me. I can't picture it. But I put myself in these Bible stories, and I'm picturing Paul now, after days of dealing with this frustration and dealing with this atmosphere that's been dark following them. And there are many theological debates about why Paul didn't do it on day one when he saw what was going on, and and I'm not here to get into any of that, but I just know that Paul was sensitive enough to know that something was going on in the atmosphere. Paul was sensitive enough to know that this lady wasn't just hyping them up and saying, you got to follow these men. And he knew that there was an ulterior motive and he knew that there was something. And when we allow the discernment of God to come into our lives, there is a shift that can happen in our atmosphere. We begin to experience things and we begin to question them in the spirit and we begin to say, what is the fruit of what I'm seeing? And Paul all of a sudden looks at this situation and the Bible states he was grieved or greatly annoyed, turns around and commands the spirit to come out in the name of Jesus. Sometimes when we want to shift the atmosphere, we just need to get sick and tired of what the enemy is trying to do in our lives. It might be time for some of us to say, I don't have to put up with this anymore. My kids may be going crazy. Things may be going crazy. You know what? I'm a child of God. I've been bought with the blood. I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. And I've received power. I do not have to put up with this. And I'm not saying, and I'm not talking about things that we're we're looking at in our lives where we've done things and we're, we're paying for. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about when the enemy is trying to attack you and your family or trying to attack you in your life. And I I feel in the Holy Ghost tonight, and I felt this message for several weeks now, that God is reaching for some of us to let us know that we can shift the things that the enemy is trying to do in our lives. 
We've heard enough preaching from this pulpit about great men and women of God who have gone to far parts of the earth, who have gone across the street and have seen things, incredible things in the spirit. And we don't have to go across the world to experience things in the spirit. There could be a time where God is reaching for you and saying, listen, enough is enough. It's time for you to take a stand and to just look at the enemy in the eye and say, I've had enough. The things that we allow, the things that we've allowed into our home, the things that we allow that we watch and we listen to, those can be things where it might be time for some of us to say, it may not be sin, but enough is enough. I need to get alone with God for a little while. And Paul has this moment now where he's sitting here and he's greatly annoyed and he says absolutely enough and he looks at her, he says, in the name of Jesus, come out. And to shift the atmosphere, the first thing that happens is we have got to be tired of where we are. They tell you if you want to change, there's got to be something that drives the change, right? Like you're not just going to wake up one day and just say, I want to be a different person. There has to be something that drives that. There has to be a moment. There has to be an experience. There has to be something that prompts you to change. And here, Paul had had enough. He was done with the distractions. He was done with the confusion. He was done with the chaos. And he was done with everything that the enemy was trying to do. When we get fed up, when we say, you know what, my spiritual atmosphere is being less like God, but I want it to be more like God. It's being less like the holy things of God, and I want it to be more like the holy things of God. When we sit there and we say, I've had enough, I want it to be like the holy things. I want it to be like what God wants my house to be like, what he wants my relationships to be like. Then we start to see the shift. The enemy has convinced some of us, though, that there is no hope. And he's followed us for days, for years, in some of our situations where we have allowed that constant barrage from the enemy day in and day out. But I want to tell somebody tonight that tonight you can leave here saying, you know what, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I don't have to deal with this anymore. I don't have to live with this. I don't have to live in this shame, in this regret, in this pain. I don't have to live with the attacks, but I can stand on the word of God and begin to shift the atmosphere. Paul was done. He was, he was done with. And here we see what comes next. Now, again, what came next was prison for Paul and Silas. Here they are. They cast a demon out. They've set her free. Congratulations. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. To prison you go. But here Paul and Silas knew that regardless of what happened next, Fulfilling and shifting the spiritual atmosphere was more important than being thrown in chains and in stocks. Some of us have come to a moment in our lives where we're afraid of the next step of what happens when we shift the atmosphere. It may look like our family mocking us or stepping away from us or withdrawing our friends saying you're not the person that you used to be. You don't do the things that you used to do. And we're afraid of the next step steps. What would have happened if Paul and Silas had said, you know what? It's not worth it. I don't want to spend a night in jail. I'll tell you what would have happened. There would have been a jailer in his family 
who would have not been saved and have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb if they had not went to prison. Let me just tell you the greatest miracles sometimes are just on the other side of us saying enough is enough and I don't care what comes next. Enough is enough. I want to shift the atmosphere. Enough is enough. I'm not living with that anymore, Satan. And what happens next can lead to the greatest experiences in God. And here Paul and Silas, and we know the rest of the story, they sang praises and there was an earthquake and we know all of that. But what happened was that they experienced this miraculous thing. They come here on a vision, but they were willing to suffer the cost for what God wanted to do. And I have a hard time believing that the the gruesome death that Jesus died was so that we could mail it in on service after service or day after day and return to the same problems and the same chaos that we've allowed enter into our life. But my Bible states that he died so that we could be more than conquerors. My Bible states that we can have the victory, that we can shift the atmosphere, and that when we say enough is enough, Satan, get behind me. I'm going to rebuke you. I'm fleeing from these things. God can begin to do the supernatural in our life. And if you want the supernatural to happen in your life where miracles can happen to those that you're praying for, to see lost children brought back to God, sometimes we've got to be okay with what happens next. But what happens next is never easy, but I've come to tell somebody tonight, it's always worth it. It may be painful, it may hurt, It may hurt to lose a few relationships. It may hurt to sit there and say, God, I don't know how I'm going to get through this next season. But when we step into that realm where we begin to shift things and we say, God, whatever it is, not mine, but thy will be done, then we can see God begin to do supernatural things. Because what happens next is this, is they knew the power of the name. When we begin to invoke the name of Jesus, something happens. Something happens every time we begin to say the name of Jesus. And Paul knew that at that name, there would be power. And so tonight, as we, some of us in our lives have come to this service, we've come to this moment and we've wandered, we sat there and we've prayed prayers for years or for months or for weeks and we're saying, God, I need relief, God. I need the victory, God. I need you to do this, God. I need you to do that. And we're trying to do everything we know how to do. But we're afraid of what happens next. I want to tell somebody tonight in the Holy Ghost, you don't have to be afraid of what happens next. Jesus knew as he was in the garden praying, he knew that what was coming next was going to be painful. He knew that it was going to hurt. But as he lifted up his eyes and began to pray, he continued to follow through on what he was commanded to do. He knew that when they drove the nails in his hands and the crown of thorns on his head, he knew that that was going to be painful, but he said, there's a world that needs redemption. And so I've come to tell somebody tonight that what happens next, it may not be pleasant, but it's always worth it. And so, how do we... How do we move and how do we shift our spiritual atmosphere in our world? Well, there's always consecration. We've got to have consecration. We've got to have our prayer and our Bible reading. But what I want to tap into tonight is this, 
is that when we begin to evaluate where we are in our walk and our relationship with God, and when we begin to get sick and tired of where we are living below where God has called us to live, something happens. And it will draw us to a place where God is trying to bring us deeper. It will draw us to a place where God is trying to open our eyes to things that are around us. And what happens is when we step into that realm, the enemy does some of his finest work as well. He always leads with fear. That's an easy one. That's a good one. He leads with doubt. You did not hear that. There's no way God would ask you to do that. He leads with that, with, with the one of, are you sure you want to do that? But tonight, I believe that God wants to loose something in our lives. I believe that God wants to have a shift and those that are hungry for what God is trying to do and to change our atmospheres. Because I believe that in this room, and I believe that what God is trying to accomplish through the Life Church isn't just for Kansas City, but it's for the surrounding states. It's across the globe. This church makes a global impact, Pastor. Every single Sunday when we give to global missions, our church makes a global impact. And I believe it's been prophesied over this church many, many times, and tonight, I just want to encourage somebody's faith that when you begin to pray that God can shift the atmosphere, something supernatural can happen. And God spoke to me several years ago, and um, it, was, it was a moment in my life where I could tell you where I was, what was happening. And I was in a service, it was in a youth service upstairs, and I, I, I remember we were having rock and service, and it was just, it, the, I mean, after the first song, I thought the roof of this building was going to tear off. And I was so excited as, as a youth pastor. That's, that's what you want. You want rock and service. You want your students engaged. And all of a sudden, the service just went boom. Like somebody turned the lights out. Somebody unplugged all the music. And I mean, it, everything went wrong. And the musicians were still singing fine. The, 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 um, the, the singers were still singing fine. The musicians were playing great. But it was like the, the energy had just been completely wiped out. And I'll never forget standing upstairs in that youth room to the right of that pulpit. And I, I just began to pray. I said, God, I, I don't know what's happening right now. And uh, listen, I'm not one that enjoys awkward. I enjoy awkward moments, but not when they're like in a setting that I'm in. Like I like to watch other people's awkward moments. <laughs> and if you've ever been in a youth service, it can get awkward sometimes. And Landon's back there giving me an amen. He knows it. And there can be times where somebody misses it, and it just like, it takes like 15 minutes to get back to that spot in the song, or it takes like 10 minutes. It happens sometimes. And here I am, I'm like, the musicians are on, the singers are on. What is happening right now? And I just began to pray, and I just was kind of like, Lord, make it stop. Like, we just needed to move on from the service. It just wasn't happening. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, when you get up there, I want you to begin to proclaim the name of Jesus. I said, okay, we can do that. That's easy. That's easy. And I got up there and I was like, let's say the name of Jesus. Expecting everything to change right then and there, that, that faith where I was like, it's going to happen. And nothing happened. And it was still awkward. And I got up to preach and I'm like sitting there and I'm like fumbling through my notes. I'm like, thee, thou, and I'm like, thee and thou weren't in my notes. And I'm sitting there like, I'm like, what is going on? And I just kind of took a step, step back and I'm like, 
It's kind of like under my breath, I'm like, oh, Lord, like if you don't help us, we're, we're just going to call this a night. And listen, to youth ministries, there are some services you just call a night. It, it may be a 10-minute service, but you just call it a night. And I was like, whew. So, and I'm standing there, and I'm like trying to look at my notes on what to preach, and I'm like, I, I, this isn't working, and um, I, it's just not working. And the Lord spoke to me again, and he said, begin to invoke the name of Jesus. And I said, well, we, and in my mind, I'm having this conversation with God like I know better than he does. I'm like, oh, we already did that. Duh. He said, invoke the name of Jesus. And I asked every student, I said, just lift your hands and begin to shout the name of Jesus. And when we did that, the atmosphere shifted. And what happened was, there was some darkness that was happening and there was a conflict in the spirit and I don't have time to tell the whole story tonight, but there was, there was something that shifted in the atmosphere and next thing I know, the Holy Ghost broke out and we had students that hadn't prayed through to the Holy Ghost in years, all of a sudden praying through to the Holy Ghost again and God did incredible things and it, the students were sensitive to what God was trying to do. But when we get the name of Jesus on the scene, something happens. That Saturday... The following Saturday, I had the opportunity. There was, a, uh, there was a youth rally down in Mansfield, Missouri, and they asked me to come and to, to talk to the students about raising money for uh, Move the Mission Chiefs for Christ, and I was, I was all excited, and we got there, and it was an outdoor rally in the middle of summer. And I can tell you who does not do well in the heat, this guy. And I'm standing up there, and I'm talking to these students about raising money for Chiefs for Christ, and and I'm sitting there, and, and it, I mean, it was like they all came out of a Krispy Kreme oven. Just glazed looks. And I'm like, and I'm not the most exciting person. I, I get that. But I'm sitting there, and I'm like, <laughs> I was like feeling, I looked at the, at the sectional youth director. I was like, I don't know. And I'm sitting there, and I'm just like trying to like fumble through this idea of getting these students to raise money for She's for Christ. Pastor, that same voice came back to me and it said, tell everybody to begin to speak the name of Jesus. But this time I knew what was about to happen. Having just had this experience on Wednesday night, I said, I want everybody to lift your hands and begin to say the name of Jesus with all that you've got. And when this happened, this outdoor amphitheater where people were sitting, something shifted. The atmosphere completely turned around. And I'm not exaggerating when I tell you the overcast clouds disappeared. Something happened, and out of the corner of my eye, I caught something happening and just kind of going on. And I wasn't quite sure, but we just began to pray and began to see God do incredible things. And we, 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 we just began to say, God, you know what? You, you just do what you need to do. So after service, I'm standing there, and this man comes up to me. Mansfield, Missouri. And he goes, home of Laura Ingalls Wilder, for all of you that read Laura Ingalls Wilder, comes up to me and he says, you are a false prophet and a liar. And I'm like, "Woo! praise God. He goes, you spoke in tongues in the Bible, forbid speaking in tongues. I'm like, oh man, I'm so glad you asked. Let's get the book open. Let's go to Acts 2 and 38. And that's not what the Bible says at all. This is how we're supposed to get saved. And he began to combat me, and all of a sudden, the Lord showed me the spirit of this man. 
It was the same spirit that was there on Wednesday night, and all of a sudden it was in the form of somebody. And I'll tell you what, I, Mansfield, Missouri, that is a country place for a city boy, let me just tell you. And I'm sitting there, and they, they said, hey, we put you in a hotel. It's above a restaurant, and I don't know what to think. And uh, nobody, they, they're like, your room is unlocked. Just go in. And I'm like, this is not how I operate, but all right. So I'm sitting there, and I go, I, I get into the room, and it was just me. Datha was home with Vienna right after she was born. And I'll never forget that night. I, I sat there, and I wrestled with this just oppression and just fear. And, and I am not usually one that is afraid. Now, sometimes at night when I hear something in the middle of the night, I do get a little afraid sometimes. As manly as I can be, I'm not too ashamed to admit sometimes I can be afraid, Brother Webb. And I'm sitting there, and I have like this fear that's trying to grip me, and I'm sitting there, and I'm praying every prayer that I know how to pray, and I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, that still small voice begin to invoke the name of Jesus. And I begin to say, Jesus, I take authority, Jesus, Jesus. And I begin to pray Jesus for the next hour. And that, that, that anxiety, that fear lifted. And all of that, that burden, that worry lifted. And I'm about to come into some of our homes right now with what we feel. There are some of us that when we come into church, we feel such a relief. We feel such a peace. We feel God in such a real way. But the moment that we step foot through our door, that darkness is back. And I want to tell somebody tonight that if you can go home and begin to invoke the name of Jesus and say, and say enough is enough, there will be a cataclysmic shift in your house tonight. Why am I telling you this story? I'm telling you this because that next morning, I, we, we, we went to church and they asked me to preach and I, and I preached and I went to lunch with the pastor afterwards and he said, I said, hey, what happened yesterday? When we began to say the name of Jesus, he goes, you didn't see? And I said, I saw something out of the corner of my eye. I said, what happened? He said, there's a man that's a practicing witch in this area that was there to disrupt the service yesterday and told us that he would be back this morning to disrupt the service this morning and told us that he was there so that you would not be able to preach and release what God asked you to release yesterday. And I'm sitting there and I'm saying, okay, all right. Uh, starting to make sense now. I said, well, where was he today? They said, we couldn't find him at all in the city when we went to pick him up because he, we, we don't know where he's at. They said he never came home last night. Something shifted, they said, in his personality after his encounter. I want to tell you something right now in the Holy Ghost. When we begin to invoke the name of Jesus, the demons tremble and have to flee. I get it, this isn't a typical Wednesday night message, but I was filled with the Holy Ghost on a Wednesday night, so you'll just have to pardon me. I believe that God can do anything on a Wednesday night. If you're dealing with situations in your home, in your family, where you don't feel like there's release or there's any hope, I want to speak faith to somebody tonight that you can walk in and you can take authority and say that I can shift the atmosphere. I can walk in with the name of Jesus and suicide has to leave. Self-harm has to leave. Fear has to leave. Anxiety has to leave at the name of Jesus. Why don't we do that right now? Let's just begin to invoke the name of Jesus right now. If you feel like standing, just begin to shout the name of Jesus in this place. Hey. 
come on, it's time for some of us to get sick and tired of the attack of the enemy and say no more. It is time for freedom. Come on, if you know how to go to war and go to war in the spirit right now for just a moment. God is getting ready to lose something in this place right now. Come on, some of you have come in here weary. You've come in tired from fighting the battle. But I want to give you hope tonight that you can shift the atmosphere in your family and in your home. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.